Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107. I'm Patrick Harrington from Mildly Geeky in Boston. I'm Matt Stein from Pixel and Tonic in Austin. And today we have on Kitse from CZ App. How are you doing, Kitse? Hi, how's it going? Good, man. And, and we also have Leah or Leah or what is it? Excuse me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it is Leah okay. like the princess. Oh. Get it right. Leah like the princess. All right. So we have Layla from, are you, are you mad? Who's it? <laughs> <laughs> we have Leah, senior designer at 10up, who's interested in CZ, right? Yes. I want to see how we could collaborate better with developers using this browser. Nice, nice. Right. Developers and designers talking to each other. That's. I, I don't think that's something that should ever happen. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm morally, I'm morally opposed to that. So it's great that you're able to come on here, Kitse. And so let's say that you were out careening down the streets of Bangkok, Thailand, gripping furiously on the the back of a tuk tuk, and someone, a passenger in the tuk tuk next to you, says, "Hey, what is this CZ thing?" Well, what would you say? I'll be like, why the hell am I in a tuk-tuk and what does tuk-tuk mean? Right. That will be first of all. Yeah, just throw that out there. <laughs> How did I get here? A tuk-tuk is uh, a really bizarre little three-wheeled taxi where the, oh, front, yeah. the front is a motorcycle and the back is kind of like a pickup truck, sort of. Mm. And you're, mm. you're kind of risking your life in Bangkok anyway, but riding one of those things, you, you, <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have long to live. So quick, tell us what CZ is. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have time. It's the browser for developers and designers. I think that would be the best description. I like the tagline. But isn't every, for... isn't every browser for developer and designers? Like what makes CZ different? What's the difference? The browser is specifically made with a lot of features and stuff that are going to help the developers and designers actually do their work faster. So okay. it's mostly right now aimed at developers because they're actually doing implementing the designs and stuff. Hmm. Mm -hmm. But the feature set is expanding and I have some ideas where these two worlds are going to merge and be a little bit closer. Started as the responsive browsers. That was the first tagline, the browser for responsive design. But I don't want it to end that way because I'm using it mostly when I'm not doing responsive design, which is ironic. A lot of people just want it for the responsive features, but we're adding more and more stuff. So even if you're working, I don't know, on a simple landing page that is not responsive or whatever, you would pick this over your regular browser because of the extra features and plugins and so on. So yeah, that's every time that I've shown it to someone, I've, I've, you know, I've like talked about like, hey, this is a browser that you might want to check out. And they're like, eh, you're not that interested. And then I show them just the window where you can have as many different devices as you want in one window, right? Where you could have yeah. a number of different phones, a number of different desktop monitors, and you can see them all simultaneously working. So you can see your layout in all these different things at once. And every, when every, people see that, they're like, wow, like that's really neat. And I know you said that's how you started out. That's not how you're yeah. finishing with it. But what I thought was really cool about it is that these are full on little browsers, right? So not only can you yeah. see them in different sizes and you can rotate them individually or all at once, but also you've got an inspector that works across all of them, right? If you want to inspect an element, yeah. you can look at it in any one of them. That feature was the honestly like the biggest pain in the ass to implement like mm. it was insane <laughs> and i remember that i dived like so deep into chrome and chromium documentation mm. i ended up on some russian forums <laughs> i know that i was developing it for like four days and i went insane from reading some undocumented things like going into c code and then I finally got the universal inspector working. So you have like inspect element and it goes across all the devices. Mm. And a couple of weeks later, I was on vacation with my parents and I see my phone, I open Twitter and some douchebag company from somewhere <laughs> just literally stole our code, like not stole the idea, 
they took the bundle. They literally un unpacked our app like nice. with our code, repacked it with a different icon and a different name and started selling it. Uh -huh. I could let this slip if they steal the idea or the, like anyone can steal an idea, but sure. I was reading Russian documentation of C++. So, you cannot steal so and Kit sell my code. So Kitsy, yeah. what, I, what I got out of this is that you woke up the next morning with a headache. You didn't know where you were. You had something wow. weird tattooed in Russian on your forearm, but you had yeah, figured it all out, right? Yeah, fun, fun. <laughs> so, but, but someone actually stole your code to do this? Did you take any action against them? Yeah, yeah. I threatened him like pretty directly. I wasn't about lawyers and stuff. I was like, you take this down in a couple of days or bad things are going to happen to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was this was this before or after you actually started charging oh, for like Sizzy? A couple of months after we started charging. Mm -hmm. Like they ah. bought the app, somebody bought the app, they figured out a way to crack it, let's say. So mm. they extracted mm -hmm. the code, figured out where to disable the licensing. And actually in their final bu bundle, they included our copyright, the connection <laughs> to our backend wow. server, reporting to our Sentry server and so on. So they left most of our stuff. It's not mm. even hard to see that it's our code. Wow. So, yeah, and because it's yeah. a electronic app i'm guessing that your javascript code is just in there your react code is just now, in the bundle yeah after i figured out there might be people who actually do this in the world we figure out a way to protect it so now you cannot steal it also mm. we got a lawyer we wrote like a huge terms and conditions and now it's going to be harder for someone to copy it but, right so is yeah. the code the code is now in there but it's obfuscated and that type of thing yeah yeah you cannot easily disable it and continue using it if it's not in our package. Would you like to tell everyone how to work around that or? Uh... <laughs> well, there are certain hacks, but. <laughs> so that that inspection feature though is really, really neat, right? Because, yeah. you know, when you're first looking at it, it's useful enough that it's just showing it in all of these responsive sizes at once. But when you wrap your head around the fact that, hey, like I can do everything I'm used to doing in Chrome in terms of developing and debugging with this thing. I mean, that, yeah. that I thought was pretty amazing. Yeah, there's still one thing that's missing and it's driving me insane. But hmm. the problem is there's a bug in Electron since like 2016 or 17, you cannot dock the dev tools on the side. Mm. So mm. every developer is used when you're expect inspecting your website, you want your dev tools on the side and in CZ mm. they're popping up as a window. And that's the most requested feature, but there's nothing we can do. Mm. I, I asked the Electron team a couple of times. I said that I'm ready to pay to prioritize this feature and like nothing happened. It's just getting ignored. And it's really mm. annoying. Like as a developer, you don't want a window with your dev tools. You want to have them there. Right. All the time. I'm actually curious a little bit about the yep. the inspector and just like wrapping my mind around, you know, the multiple screens. So does that mean theoretically, if you start like playing around and changing like um, CSS variables and things like that, that it will apply on all screens or Not is yet. there? a Okay, so then it is still per screen inspector. The multi inspector thing is like you click inspect element and then you can go with your cursor throughout all the devices and basically inspect their CSS. And then you can oh, click okay. on the element. And depending on which element you clicked, it's going to pop out the dev tools for that device. And you're going to see the dev Got tools it. only for that device. And Got then it. if you change the code, it's only going to apply to that device for now. But we have plans to make it sync so you can quickly see what's going on across all the devices if you add the Awesome. Code. Yeah. yeah. That was actually going to be something that I was going to ask you about too, because it, yeah. as useful as it is to inspect an individual element, it also yeah. would be really, really neat if you inspected an element on one item and it was highlighted in all of the views, you know? Yeah, that would be super cool. Um, Are you going to make an yeah, announcement and... about when that's going to ship? <laughs> <laughs> 
there's too many things that we want to ship. There's too many things. But selfishly, I prioritize the things that I need for me. I mean, me. Because right. I also have one developer and he's working always on the priorities of the users. So whatever they need. But sometimes I'm using CZ for working on another website. And if I miss a feature, I'm like, fuck it. We're dropping everything. I just have to work on this right now right. until I have it. Or me. So, but then it also overlaps with the needs of a lot of users because an interesting thing is developers didn't know that they need a browser specific for development. So, whatever feature that I think of, I'm like, they don't even know right now that they need this. So, of mm. course, nobody's requesting it. But when they see it, they'll be like, oh shit, yeah, actually, this is pretty useful. So, we have to balance between their requests and actually stuff that we invent, kind of. Let well, me know if you have. Yes, some something unique or well. Let's talk about you, right? And let's we're we're not going to talk about we're going to gloss over the fact that you're using an alias and that you're apparently underground somewhere in Poland and you know you're in a witness protection program. We're going to gloss over all of that. <laughs> <laughs> but what I really want to get to is like what what inspired you to make this to begin with? Like my my understanding is you came from a background where you did web development and you yeah. did React Academy where you're teaching people how to code stuff in React. What mm -hmm made you decide to make that kind of leap from doing web development to making your own native app and what did that look like did it just did you instantly just start doing it so CZ was developed actually in 2017 while I was still freelancing. Mm -hmm. I didn't have React Academy or anything. I was just a freelancer. And then the client that I have was like super specific about our website should work across all the devices in all orientations and blah, blah, blah. And after like a couple of days, we're going like resizing the browser and you know how it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, we need to have a solution for this. And the simplest solution that I have was to loop over a bunch of iframes and just give them, give them different dimensions. And that was literally developed in like one day i was like wait what yeah. if i could change the url and then i could do this and i added like five ten things and i just shipped it in the same day as a free app mm -hmm. so it was on the same url but it was a web app and because it's a web app you're working with iframes and you're pretty limited about what you can do like you cannot simulate a real user agent so even though you have the right screen dimensions the phone doesn't think that it's an iphone it knows that it's in right. the web yeah so you cannot simulate like the display pixel ratio and a bunch of things that we do now so i was using it while i was freelancing and then because i found in React Academy, I started just doing trainings. I stopped freelancing and I just dropped the project because I, hmm. as I said, me being a little bit selfish, when I need it, I'm going to develop it, open source it. Then when I don't need it, I just left it there. And now when I continued working, like I think it was last year, I continued working on websites and I needed, I still, I was still frustrated with the browser and mm. how it is. So I was like, uh, I want to take CZ to a place where I would use it daily because back then I don't know how people use it daily, honestly. Like when you know what it could be, it's hard to use it because you don't have all of those features. So I was like, I'm going to hire someone and together we're going to get this to a place where I would want to use it every day. And, and yeah, that happened, I don't know, sometimes around last spring and we were working for four or five months together to launch it and we launched it in june so that's uh, interesting to me so you are a very experienced react developer but you decided that you wanted some help building this and is it because yeah. you didn't have experience with react native is it because you needed some expertise in terms of the that last five percent or so in terms of the bindings with with ui kit and with android or like wait, what, um, what's the reason you brought someone a, on not a react native app it's an electron app i'm so sorry electron the, or yeah, electron yeah. app yeah sorry so we didn't have anything to do with the skill and so on i'm my ego didn't allow me to hire someone for so long because i have all <laughs> mm. of these projects and ideas sitting mm -hmm. yeah. but right now i have like at least five projects that are like to some point they just have to be pushed and finally be released right 
but I realized that I'm not going to release all of my projects unless I start hiring people. Hmm. So that was me forcing myself to work with someone, to learn to work with someone, sometimes to swallow my ego and say, okay, this is good. Maybe I could have done it better. But now we're at a point where we're like, I have only one employee from the coding side and we're basically at the same level. I'm correcting him, he's correcting me. Hmm. And we're both working towards shaping the future of the app. Nice. But back then I just wanted to ship it faster because while he was working on the native side of things, I had to work on the payments part. Like there's a lot of code involved in like licensing the Electron app and yeah. making a license manager, an admin panel, a bunch of things. And the more people, the, the faster it is to ship a thing. So that was the main reason. Yeah, so you just wanted mm -hmm. to get this thing to market. You wanted to scratch that itch. Yeah. You wanted to get it done. And realistically, you couldn't clone yourself yet you know that's not a thing yet so you hired someone on to kind of help you out with that that's really cool yeah and are, are and you now i have to do it again and again and again but the thing is like i think we developers like enter this comfort zone of i only want to work on code hmm. and i feel the best when i'm working on, on code like everything else to us feels like you marketing that's dirty i don't want to sell to <laughs> we're like that right like when i spend my entire day coding i feel like so happy right. when i spend like two hours coding and the rest of the stuff with email and customers and marketing i'm like oh this was such a shitty day customers are so, so annoying <laughs> i mean not annoying but they have a lot of things that you need to attend to and right and it's not for everyone so now it's entering this comfort zone again where i need to hire a new person for marketing and mm. maybe one more developer and maybe one more developer but it's hard to get out of this comfort zone and be like ah, i can do it on my own so I, I think that one of the most important things is recognizing is being self-aware and recognizing yeah. the things that you like the things that you don't yeah. like and hiring someone to do the things that you don't like and I'm, I'm coming at it from the opposite perspective where i did app development and then transitioned to doing web development stuff and i see it so many times that there are a lot of developers that they have a great idea and they think they're just going to do everything themselves like the, you've seen it I'm, I'm sure leah you've seen it where you've got like the programmer did the ui and you look at it and you're like yep programmer did that <laughs> like that no, no designer would have done that and then yeah. also programmers will do the marketing and you'll be you know just someone who's familiar with marketing at all will look at it and be like yeah that's something that's a programmer something. probably did you're like yeah we don't we don't do it that way you know so i think it's good that you're recognizing that that you're self-aware enough that you're like well you know i know what i like to do i know what i'm good at i'm gonna do a better job when i do the stuff that i enjoy doing i'm gonna hire some people on to to do the stuff that you know maybe it's not my strength you know but it yeah we can say that it's not my strength but also like coding is my strength mm. and i hired a person to do codings like sometimes we mm -hmm. have to admit that with even if we know how to do the things maybe like if we hire more people to do the same things we're gonna move faster mm -hmm. and for me it's like hard to deal with it like sometimes just putting a card in trello or whatever you're using and describing it might be faster than you being stubborn and your ego being like, no, I'm going to spend like three days. I'm going to code this. It's going to be my thing. Yeah. Like I'm still struggling, struggling with that. Yeah. I'd actually like to take a step back, still kind of in the same vein, because based on the stuff that I read on the site, Sizzy started off as open source. And, yeah. Yeah. and I'm trying to kind of figure out the chicken and egg situation mm -hmm. beyond just understanding you needed help. Well, you need also money in order to hire someone and you you have an open source project that doesn't actually help you <laughs> either. So was that also a part of your thought process, you know, moving forward and like formalizing stuff for Sizzy? So how it happened is, yeah, I wrote an article about this. It's called GitHub stars won't pay your rent. And it was <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Love it. And 
Yeah, I wrote that because so many developers are not thinking of money at all. Money is dirty, money is forbidden. We shouldn't charge for anything. Our work is free, our work is open source. CZ was open source for like three to two and a half years and yeah. it made $80 from donations. And people say mm -hmm. that, oh, you probably didn't make your dona donations button visible enough. No, it was in everyone's face all the time. But when was the last time you used something free and you were like, hmm, I'm gonna pay like $5 for this per month, yeah. never. Yeah. So I decided that the app has potential. I want to make it paid. I want to make it good before I make it paid because now people are like, why is this right. a subscription? That's how the internet, right? So yeah. I hired someone from my own money before CZ was profitable. So I was doing the trainings. So I was paying him out of my, my pocket for a couple of months. And ah. then now we have like, now we have enough to pay even more developers and so on. But I had to pay for my own. Many people don't want to take that step because it's, I don't know, it seems kind of risky. Like you hire someone, you pay them. And what if the app doesn't succeed? For sure. Right. But the app being open source and the app being free for a while, it had like 10,000 visitors per month on the free website. So I was pretty sure that yeah. it's going to be profitable anyway. So that's why I took the risk. And you had a reason of that model, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely have heard of that model. But yeah, I mean, basically, you realize that there was some potential here, right? Because not only yeah. was this something that you, as someone who was doing the thing, was constantly wanting, yeah. Yeah. but also you were seeing the traction it was kind of getting from the open source side of things. But even though you, even though you had that, it still is kind of a leap of faith to just go out there and be yeah. like, you know what? All right. We're going to do it. Yeah. What, what was it yeah. like, like the moment you decided to do it? Did you dither? Did you just be like, all right, I'm doing it? Mm, no, I think before I made every jump that I ever made, like when I dropped freelancing, I had like very good clients and they were paying a lot, but I was prepared and I knew like if I put my mind to making the academy, like the proper brand, reaching out to the proper people and so on. Like, I know it's, it sounds kind of douchey when someone says, I know, I knew that I would succeed, hmm. but I don't have any other answer. Like I had a feeling there's no react training for Europe. People need training here. I did one workshop. Right. It was good enough. So with the proper marketing, I could drop my freelance and I could focus on this, hmm. but I first have to like burn the bridge and actually drop the freelance clients. And then when I was building React Academy, I knew like there's no going back. So that's what I'm doing with every project, basically. Just burn the bridge and then you're forced to give your best for the next one. Otherwise, I think you'd always be like, well, well, I still have the clients and I still have the trainings and, you know. That sounds more like calculated risk, though. Douchey, I think, is after the fact. It's like, yeah, it was always going to work. <laughs> yeah. I just had to show up. <laughs> that's douchey. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and in addition to that, what's the worst that could happen, right? If for some reason yeah, exactly. this thing falls yeah. flat on its face, nobody wants it, you'd be like, okay, you know, I'll try something else. And that's one of the yeah. interesting phrases yeah. that always stuck with me is that people who are successful, and no matter what it is you do, whatever, no matter how you define success, people who are successful fail more often than people who are not exactly. successful. Yeah. That's the definition. Mm -hmm. And the, reason they, right, the yeah. reason they fail more is because they try more. Yeah. They're like, oh, that didn't work? Okay. I'll try something else. Yeah, and I think like that's what I'm preaching. Like all of my conference talks are not technical. They're just talking about this. Mm. Like develop we have like super smart developers in the community. And now with tools and hosted services, it's like super easy to connect a couple of things together and have your own startup or whatever you call it. One man startup, be a full stack developer, whatever. Like I cannot write SQL like to save my life. If someone put a gun to my head and be like, write an SQL query, I'll be like, shoot, fuck it. Like I don't know SQL. And still <laughs> I'm managing like databases and everything because they're hosted services that help you with there's probably like startup as a service but developers are not thinking of it enough everything is free everything is open source i'm trying to push people in the direction just try something it's hmm. hard it's like 
I wrote in my article that it's easier to open source something because you make it, it's on a computer, you click a couple of buttons and then it's open source. Right. You post it on Twitter, you get the adrenaline rush, a hundred likes, you're like, oh my God, this feels so nice, but you cannot pay your rent with that, right? <laughs> right. And then from yeah. open source to actually distributing it to users, like making licenses, payments, and a license manager. And like, it takes so much more. And most people are like, you know what? I'm going to publish it as open source because the road ahead is like way too long so kitsa your business strategy reminds me of a good friend of mine from college we nicknamed him shotgun ed because what he would do <laughs> when we you know we went to a dance or something it was actually kind of painful to watch he would go up to a girl and, and ask her to dance if she said no he would just walk like literally like five feet away and then then ask like the next girl to dance and he would just keep going no shame and then finally yeah. one of them for whatever reason would say yes right and then yeah. he would be dancing with her or whatever and i asked him about it too i'm like ed you know don't <laughs> Does he feel miserable? Like all these people are saying no to you. He's like, no, I don't care. I care about the one that says yes. I don't care about the ones that say no. I don't remember them at all. While you guys are probably sitting on the side, I'm like, I don't need no girl. I'm better off my pride and my ego and everything. <laughs> You're not far off. Yeah. <laughs> but let's let's get back to Sizzy itself. One of the things that I found interesting is that I showed this program to some people that work with my wife. She's a computer graphic designer at a decent sized mm -hmm. company. And mm -hmm. the people that were really interested in it, and first of all, I'm gonna get my commission from you later on for, you know, hopefully getting you a site <laughs> license in there. There is a there is an affiliate program that you should sign up for. Oh, absolutely. You get your own link and then you <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people actually I'm surprised how many people are making money off CZ right now just by recommending it to teams. I'm like, and they get automatic payments, I have nothing to do with it. So yeah, that's you, not I, I look at that and I said that's not the Sizzy affiliate program that's the Andrew retirement program right there like that's what <laughs> that's what it's gonna be but anyway the people that were really interested in it at the company were the QAs right the people that are responsible yeah. for testing this on a, a wide variety of devices and computers do yeah. you is that something that you've seen that there's interest in people yeah, in QA yeah there's a lot of QA teams that are contacting us they're using it that want more features and so on the most request requested feature that uh, QA has is they want CZ to be able to simulate like a real OS hmm. and a real browser and a real hmm. device like CZ can get you 90% there it can simulate the user agent and the display pixel ratio and a lot lot of other things and it's way more accurate than the simulation in Chrome in Fire I don't want to like it like the rest of the browsers they're not that focused on this aspect right. but at the end of the day you would still need to test on a real Real device if you want to see the difference between I don't know iOS 8 Safari and Microsoft Edge on right. a certain book there's still gonna be difference in the rendering engine right but other than that it's pretty helpful to get like 90% there and just double check before shipping and you're good to go yeah because a lot of the QAs that I have worked with they do it in phases so yeah. the the initial testing phase, Sizi would be perfect for. That's, yeah. you know, that's after the design has been handed off to them and the developers and implemented and then the QAs are verifying that everything is done the way that it should be and everything kind of works the way that it should be. It would be amazing for them to use something like this for, yeah. that, for that layer of it, yeah. Absolutely. So an, yeah. another group that we have that hopefully would be interested in this are designers. So Leah? Yeah. Leah? Yeah, I'm, I'm just really curious, like at the beginning of this call, you were talking about how, yes, this is definitely working and primarily used by developers, but you want 
to add more functionality for designers. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, now when I say it that way, actually, when I think about it, it's not really features for designers. Like, I don't know at a certain point if this evolves more and we get the developer ideas out of the way because it's still primarily for a developer implementing a design. Maybe I can yeah. say we're going to add a lot of features for developers who are implementing a design that was given by a designer. So I think the process there, it's going to be a little bit different. We'll try to make it a little bit different. So I had that idea since we started the app for a designer to be able to export like various screen sizes and then the developer uh, to have an easy way to import them and overlay them on top of the CC devices mm. or put them side by oh, side. Oh, great. And that then great. the developer will have the benefit of just comparing the design and the, and the app that he's actually doing. The actual... If there are any oh my God, that would be uh, incredible. That... Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it, that's that's definitely something that our team struggles with sometimes yeah. where, you know, internally the designers have been talking about like, can we just force them to take a browser screenshot, yeah. put it side by side yeah. with the actual Figma prototype mm -hmm. and then well, overlay it yeah. and then train them how to do that. But this sounds much easier <laughs> to, yeah, I than mean, like right having, having that cascade. That. Exactly. If, right now, if as a designer, you ask them to do that, they'll be like, uh, no, because they have to yeah. have like a mobile export and a tablet export and a desktop and switch yes. between them and switch their Chrome device and do a lot of things. And then they'll be like, we're losing too much time. But if this was a one-click right. operation, just connecting the Figma project or dragging a Figma project into CZ and from all of your artboards, it creates devices with the same size. And then yeah. the developer just literally implements it. They can even like overlay it on top of it and see if there's a pixel misaligned or something. Oh. Yeah. And do oh, a visual so great. So great. <laughs> do a visual diff and then throw in like Futurama GIFs wherever there's a hot zone that doesn't match up. <laughs> yeah. No, no yeah, that's, yeah. That's a big thing in the CZ. I think in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be focused on that. I wanted to do it for so long. I should dive into like Figma plugins and Sketch plugins and so on. This would be amazing, Kitsi, because this is something that, yeah. you know, my, my wife spends a decent amount of her time doing, yeah. which is that, you know, yeah. she's got the design, the developers yeah. implement it, and she sits down next to them and is like, yeah. it's off by five pixels over there. That's not yeah. centered. <laughs> yeah. This isn't there. Like this would eliminate that. They yeah. would and this is incredible yeah. because we also had a conversation about this on a totally different podcast, different subject, different people, like they end up in the occupation that they're in based on their interests and to some extent, right? So I yeah. enjoy problem solving. Therefore, programming is fantastic for me, right? I get all these little adrenaline releases every time I solve a little problem. It's amazing. My wife is incredibly visually oriented. Like she'll be looking at something and she'll be like, don't you notice this is off, off, off over there? And I'll be like, no, like it looks yeah. fine to me, you know? Yeah. But yeah. the reason reason why that feature would be so helpful is it kind of brings those two worlds together, right? The visual yep, world yep. with the programming world. Yep. You got to do this. And, and Matt's idea of it doing a, a diff of it so it can, you know, highlight the areas that are off, like, yeah. oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I mean, Figma is working in the cloud and even a sketch file, you can sync it in iCloud or whatever. And if the designer is saving their work and it goes to the cloud and the developer is directly connected to the Figma link or the cloud URL for sketch, they wouldn't even have to refresh CZ, just the designs will be updated so maybe oh my god the developer will be done and be like all right it's 4 p.m it's time for lunch i'm done for the day and then cz refreshes and they're like fuck the designer changed oh. something this oh is my god okay launch date yeah i want a launch date this is <laughs> with the in-app chat 
the developer can can ask <laughs> him no, directly, no, 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 no. what did I do wrong here? And he'll respond within 30 seconds. This is and, becoming uh, this is becoming an R-rated podcast because everyone is so excited by that feature because it would be amazing. <laughs> the only thing yeah. missing is you need like you need like some kind of a electric collar hooked up to it, right? So when the developer doesn't implement the design right, they get zapped or something like that. Because because then you wouldn't even need to you wouldn't even need to talk to them, you know. Depending on the pixels, like if it's one pixel, it's a tiny zap. Yeah, that's right. If it's a tiny something right. like. <laughs> if an element is completely misaligned, like that's yeah. that's a shock, right? But yeah, if it's just absolutely. a little bit off, like yeah, just a tickle of the electricity, you know, yeah. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can definitely also see this beyond just the QA and like making sure that it's compliant with the design. When you have all these multiple browsers, sizing and everything open, if you have a team that is very collaborative, like. Um, they're designing and developing simultaneously. Yeah. Being able to actually see the interactions in a variety of browser sizes can open up of more conversations versus yeah. just dictating, like, here's how this thing looks in that particular screen. Yeah. Or yeah. a tough thing about designing for multiple devices is sometimes we get really stuck in, okay, 1024, 375, like, it's got to be like these kind of things. And we don't think about all the variety of other device yeah. uh, views. And then so, you know, the developer has to really sometimes has to fill in the blanks. If a designer is already looking at what's going on in multiple items, then they, we can anticipate and make changes sooner. Yeah. Well, this makes life a little bit harder for both parties, actually, because the designers <laughs> would have to provide more screen varieties. Mm. They should yeah. like provide at sure. least three sizes and then maybe even more like iPhone yeah. 5, like vastly different from iPhone 10. And like they would create more work for them because then the developers can be like, well, you only gave me three artboards. I don't know what to do for iPhone 5 and then I'll implement it. So it can still create friction. I think maybe that's something that CZ won't solve, but I think personally, I don't have a designer for any one of my projects because I have a little bit of a design eye and I can like whip up like a UI together and it's people say that it's mostly fine. The landing pages, whatever, they always say, wow, who designed this? So I'm like, yeah, maybe I can also design, but I'm never going to hire a designer because there's going to be a lot of friction between me getting an idea, then describing it to them and them designing it and then iterating an idea when like in my brain is I can just do it right in the browser. And I think that two worlds right. should be like uh, merged closely where actually what the designers would be doing would actually end up in the browser. It wouldn't be yes. exported to a screenshot. It would be actually yeah. usable. So when you make a button, the, the developer just imports that button. So when you change the color or the size, it changes in the app. Mm. So I think that would be the only point in time where it would be like, huh, if a designer can provide that much value, I mean, for me, for like a small indie team that cannot right. hire millions of people, then it would make a lot of sense to have someone there and then their work will directly end up in the app. You know what an interesting but, combination would be, Kitsi, is if a designer was building a website in something like Webflow, which is mm -hmm. a visual designing tool yeah. and using yeah. and also using Sizzy at the same time, like that, mm -hmm. that would be a really interesting combination because they I mean, would they get can. to, yeah. Yeah, that's like possible. a no-code tool like that. Yeah. yeah. That'd be really yeah. interesting. Well, that would work. That would work now. And this brings me, like I, I tweeted something out. I, you know, I did some research. Yeah. You got a new subscriber. I'm a Sizzy. Oh. I'm paying you money. Okay. I'm, I can't believe I'm, <laughs> I'm paying you money to have you on this pod. This is ridiculous. Well, once you've <laughs> shared <laughs> enough affiliate links it's ridic fine. ridiculous yeah. yeah but anyway Just start sharing the links <laughs> so, I, so i tweeted out 
you know, just a little recording that I was doing, and I thought it was uh, pretty cool. And then Fred Carlson tweeted something that I thought was really interesting. He said, a benefit I didn't think of until actually using it is that the cognitive load yeah. of making sure that something looks good is reduced a ton when using Sizzy. And I think he's got a great point because as a developer, you just open it the window and you don't have to constantly sweat what it's going to look yeah. like in these different sizes. It's, it's just there. It's yeah. I, my favorite part has been it, it's just awareness where you would have had to yeah. like kind of work in one mode and then kind of squish it down and evaluate in that mode. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a broader view that you still have to go and check between breakpoints because that's never that's always going to be kind of weird. But like yeah. you can open it on the targets that you're thinking of or that you would otherwise individually inspect and just see everything all at once, which is fun. What I think about desire developing for specific breakpoints, it's not the best strategy to use because you I think that you should have the devices open, especially the device that is your website that your users are using. Hmm. So in the near future, we might have a Google Analytics plugin where you just plug in your Google Analytics and it extracts all the devices that are common for your use case oh, and it so shows those devices in Sydney. And so nice. then you optimize for those devices and you don't switch to your particular breakpoints because your breakpoint is 562 pixels. There's not a device with that size. So if yeah. you optimize for that size, you're not doing anything, actually. That's brilliant. So, That's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. Query their Google Analytics to see what devices people are yeah. actually using to visit their site and then yeah. automatically show the d developer and designer that. I mean, that's incredible. It's you know? a great idea. Yeah. There's a lot of ideas that could happen and I'm like pissed off that we can't cannot like iterate faster <laughs> but yeah i don't want to i don't want to take an investment i don't want to take like more than few developers i still want to stay a small team right and yeah well you've heard of the the book the mythical man month right Nope. If, if you haven't, nope. you should check it out because, I mean, it's basically what it's saying is just adding people to the team, doubling the size of the team doesn't get it done twice as quickly, <laughs> essentially, right? Problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just something to consider. Like, you can't just linearly scale up developers and expect that you're going to get that quick of a, a return on it. But it, I love some of these ideas, man. When are they shipping? Soon-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Every developer will tell you soon. Yes. I have another idea for revenue. Affiliate links to where to buy a larger monitor. My only complaint is that I just want to put more devices. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I need like a... Yeah, I'm thinking there, of like buying a small a solution TV. Of that. And yeah. I, I've thought of that. And I don't think that I don't think that a lot of users are exploring all the options that we've put in, which is making me mad. Because mm. our change log at this point from six months ago is like huge. We had so many features. <laughs> right. So I was mad that I couldn't squeeze in more devices. So now if you go to your top right corner, there's a setting for like making the devices closer to each other mm -hmm. and zooming them out a little bit and then eventually removing their borders around them because sure. they're just there for being yeah. fancy. Right. So yeah. you can make them like super minimal. So instead of a phone taking a huge space of your screen, it can take just yeah. a little yep. little space. Have yeah. you also considered a mode like um, kind of what they do in mission control on the Mac where you can just swipe? to go quickly between different things? Um, we have presets, which I don't know a lot of people, I don't know if people are using them, but you can easily switch between, like you can make one preset with all of your devices zoomed mm -hmm. out, squeezed next to each other, and you can name it all devices. Then right. you can have another preset called iPhones, where you have only iPhones. And you can save all of these presets, they will appear as tabs. And then once you click on the tab, your entire app is gonna transform to those devices, to the zoom level, to everything that you've set up while you were saving the preset. So for example, I have a preset called Network Test 
testing, that's one more thing that we're doing, where you can set up three devices of the same size, but one of them is going to be on slow 3G, mm. one of them mm. is going to be on fast 3G, and one of them is going to be on, and maybe one more that's going to be offline. So at the same time, when you refresh, you're going to see how will my page load on different network connections. So it's not only about testing the size, it's also thinking about other things, offline and, and so on. That's awesome. So the feature yeah. is there, but what about the UX? Can I, what I want to do is I want to swipe between them. Like if I've got oh, like a trackpad oh, or on. something. <laughs> I want to swipe, man. <laughs> Tinder. Let me yeah. swipe. <laughs> Swiping, drag and drop, all of these things. Like I wish they were easier to to build you know right. when you mentioned to a developer i like when a designer go, like goes completely crazy on the design and animations and everything is with transitions mm -hmm. and then every developer is like yo we cannot do this it's the web platform it sucks <laughs> Well, you've got a yeah. native platform now, right? I mean, yeah. I know you're still somewhat limited by Electron and the stuff that you can do in there. But yeah. if you really did find this limiting, I mean, there are extra steps you could take. You could go fully native, right? Ooh, sounds scary. Yeah, they're yeah. beating down the doors for swipe and sizzy. Yeah, Is anybody, sure. Has anybody else ever requested or mentioned that feature ever? No one. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> I guess. You have I'm to throw in VR point. while you're at it. But, but if you'd sell enough with the affiliate link, <laughs> that's it. I'm, I'm going to sell so much that I'm going to become the majority shareholder in Sizzy, and I'm going to get the damn swipe in there. Okay. <laughs> there was one company, like, we have a public Trello board where people can vote on features. Oh, God. And there was one company that says, we, we wanted that feature. And I'm like, cool, add it to our Trello board. And if enough people vote for it, we'll do it. Oh, no. So they, they got, like, 15 people from their company to vote, and they got it to number one. Yeah. <laughs> All you got to do is send out a tweet and incentivize people and away you go, yeah. right? Yeah. You just get yeah. it in there. Matt, I know you're classically trained as a designer and you've become mm -hmm. a developer, mm -hmm. a very good developer. And you also mm -hmm. have done a lot of in-depth... Well, Patrick's not so sure about that. Anyway, what do you think about Sizzy? Because this, this is kind of like the, the nexus of what it's doing. It kind of feels like it should hit your sweet spot in some way. Or at, yeah, least, or at mean, least your ticklish spot. You know, something. Uh, <laughs> I, I was tickled. The first time I tried it, I thought, okay, well, but this is just a bunch of breakpoints at once. Right. Okay, cool. Mm. No offense. And then when I actually developed a project with it and, and had it open, then it kind of clicked for me. And mm. I just saw it. it just facilitated an awareness of that I would not have in any other way. That's when uh, I got really excited, like building out a UI and build, building out UX that's different for a, a desktop thing versus a tiny little phone thing. It's just much more seamless to build something out with it, which uh, I don't know, I've, I've enjoyed quite a bit. And as you say, you keep adding features that every time like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, like, I guess that would solve the problem of yeah. getting rid of the Chrome and squishing things down a little bit more and including you know, scaling down each yeah. preview. And it, it just keeps getting nicer, which is always a fresh, exciting feeling, especially I'm, I'm pretty subscription averse. I'm really stingy, <laughs> but you just keep rolling in features that make yeah. it more and more compelling. So I'm a fan. I mean, that's the, thank you. Thank you. I mean, that's the goal and the reason why is it a subscription? Because people think that because it's a desktop app that you download and it's not a site that you visit, you should pay for it once. But we're literally like working on it every day. Every day we're working on new things and every week we're shipping like two alpha releases, two beta releases, one stable release every freaking week. So when someone says like, why is this a subscription? <laughs> I just ignore them. I, I don't even reply because if I reply, it's going to be either a video or I don't know, a diss track <laughs> or a rap song or something. Like I can't fit that into no. something. 
subscription. Well, you, all you have to do with them is just play a game of chicken, Kitsé. It's all you got to do because one of you is yeah. going to break and it's not going to be you. So what you do is you just keep on making this app better and better until they just can't resist paying that subscription fee. Like if you if you bring the value, people aren't going to complain, especially if it's something that they use as part of their profession that makes them money. When, when yeah. people find a tool that allows them to do their job better, you know, yeah. they're, they're not going to complain terribly much about that, I don't think. Hard to recognize because at first we didn't have a trial. So people would be like, how would I know if this, mm. we had a refund period, so you could use it for 30 days and then we'd refund you. But now we have like a two week trial, but I still think like as a consumer of apps that are not mine, when you download something that new, that changes your point of view, that changes how you were doing things, you're trying super hard to prove to yourself that it's not useful. You'll be like, well, I can do this in home, well, right. I can do this, whatever. And it's like, you're going against yourself. And then once you land to wait, it's $5 per month and it's going to save me hours, Right. but it's get to that point then it's a no-brainer the key like the, the part that i'm struggling with the marketing is how do i get more people to get to that point you know just to touch on something matt said real quick yeah. in terms of how it is how he kind of it kind of clicked with him when he was mm -hmm. building an app using it when you're building something using response you're building a, like a responsive website or, or whatever if you're only ever looking at it in one view as you're building it which you normally are like a lot of times yeah. you got a window open and you refresh it or whatever to me it's kind of like a sculptor that is only ever looking at what he's building you know face on you know That's and Sizzy allows you to kind of turn that thing around and see what it's going to look like from all aspects. And I, that is something that landing page please no 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 sizzy sizzy doesn't let you turn it around and see it from different points of view sizzy lets you have multiple heads and oh. work like looking at it at the same time that's going to make for a really awkward copy but <laughs> yeah 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 kitsy put me in charge of the the copy not matt over there like whether his analogy is good or bad people don't want like multiple decapitated heads floating around that's just not that, that's not what they want but and patrick also had an interesting point from a marketing point of view like you know, somehow work out a bundle or a discount or an affiliate link with people that sell monitors. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> like why not? You know, Somebody, I was looking yeah, at the ultra wide yesterday. Yeah. yeah, he switched to an ultra wide just because of CZ. I'm, That's, not, I might, I'm yeah. not even kidding. I'm not yeah, even I'm kidding. considering it. As I'm, and yeah, and once. Moment. Once each device is running in its own VM, so you've got native Windows and everything, you know, that then, you know, mm. new new machines. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know what's interesting to me, you know, when Matt kind of mentioned, like, there's multiple heads over here. It's one thing for us as designers and developers to wrap our minds around the design in multiple devices. It's even harder for clients who mm. are not at all technically inclined to wrap their mind around responsive web design. And especially like when you're doing a presentation or maybe switching the desktop to the other view and, and then you add, I'm a remote team, so I can't present this in person. I can see Sizzy, and this was a tweet from John Morton. He actually said that he does screen recording yep. showing the pages for clients so that they can see all the screens at once. Mm -hmm. Currently in my process, I have to go desktop, then switch, mm -hmm. then this, then that. And then like really specifically going over the differences. I can see this where we're like, we're looking at the same page and I need to explain it once. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. and it feels, I've done that once so far with a client and I, the, thought I was some kind of wizard. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, how are we looking at all this at the same time? Like, no big deal. I clearly made this myself and it is all because of what I have done here. Don't check the internet. 
for that. Oh my god, you, it, you blew their fuzzy well. little minds, huh? It, it, it went well, so thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. A lot of people like the sync scroll feature. Yes. I personally mm -hmm. hate it because it's not that useful. Everyone wanted it. Is that why it's but turned I'm like, off by default? Yeah. Yeah, because when you scroll a tiny iPhone 5 and you scroll yeah. a big iPad that has a completely different layout, you're not ending on the same section. You're just scrolling, yeah. not ending on the same section. So literally, I think on the second update, when I was using it myself, I'm like, there needs to be a feature where you just write down a selector. Like you say, I want to go to the pricing section. Mm -hmm. And then all the devices go to the pricing se section and stay there. So you can yeah. just write the selector like, hashtag, whatever, uh, footer or pricing. And then as you refresh the page, as you're making changes, all the devices go to that section. Mm. And then after that, like the scrolling thing, it doesn't make much sense because you always end up, but people still like it. So, yeah. You know, that's an interesting idea too. Like when you do automated, what load testing sometimes, you give the, each little bot a little script to go through and click on selectors on a page or, you know, go through different pages or something. Yeah. That'd be super cool to automate like a demo to the client where it, you know, moves yeah, it's sitting like this. You're yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Drinking your tea, have a cigar. <laughs> yeah. I had two cool experiences with CZ just in the last two weeks. And I think Andrew and we started talking about it like right around uh, Black Friday or something. I think, and again, I love the marketing you do. You had kind of this cool 80s, I don't know what it was going on for Black Friday, but it caught my eye. So I started using it and literally we built a site. It went live last summer and two weeks ago I'm out and the client sends me a text message. She's like, hey, where did the buy button go on mobile? The buy button's gone. And I'm like, what do you mean the buy button's gone? And then I open up my phone. I'm like, it's gone. So I went home and I opened up CZ and I load up the site and both she and I had both downgraded from the iPhone Max down to the iPhone regular and it hit a break point oh. that we hadn't, th we were both like in a max view whenever ah. we were all testing and weren't thinking about, you know, the, oh. yeah. So um, it was interesting. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I guess, yeah, I didn't think about that break point with a normal sized phone anymore. We had yeah. that and then had a great experience I think just two days ago where the client was having us change some things with how it looked on mobile and wanted to see like before and after. And, and it was terrific because I could go in, I could run, you know, 12 screenshots of different devices yeah. all in one fell swoop. I then jumped into Git, put the commit back to wherever it was before we started to show, okay, here's where it was a month ago. Here's where it is now. I could do a, a before and after. It was, you know, it was kind of a DIY diff, but yeah. Uh, Pretty darn cool. Yeah, it, it, it's oh, cool. Yeah, my only frustration is my monitor size. That's it. Best podcast that I've been on because it's like, <laughs> your product is great. Oh my God, it's so great. <laughs> like, doing that for one hour straight. <laughs> all right, my, my complaint though. All right. Oh, yeah, all right, yeah. fine. Here we go. I got some complaints right, too. We're going to get into it. It's, yeah. on, it's yeah, on the public. I, well, let me say, I do like that you have a public roadmap. So if anyone's saying what's coming down the pipe, you just take a look there on the, yeah. the roadmap. I struggled trying to figure out what my, my, my viewport fit cover stuff did it work with the uh the notched iphone in layout because oh. i had done it to get it out to the edges and i'm like wait a second i think he's oh yeah it's it's an approximation that's um, not a priority and that's unfortunately not gonna be fixed in the near future oh, because it, i think rarely people use a phone yeah. in landscape to browse the web so it's yeah. like something that can be left for some point yeah yeah it's not a huge thing but yeah, yeah i did have to plug in the old iphone uh inspect development well, thing under a you, safari and you first. messed up kitsy you messed up because you, you, you opened the <laughs> door no, all right you sure. open the door time, so. <laughs> thank you for having me bye bye <laughs> no my my only issue and it's a minor one relatively i wish like as someone that primarily works on my own i have several devices that i work on the base 
install. Like I want that to work on two or three devices. You know what I mean? Oh. Because I always have at least a laptop and a desktop that I'm using, depending on where I'm using yeah. it. And most of the software I use, whether it's Git Tower or PHP Storm or any of these yep. other tools that I'm paying for, they allow me to have it on X number of devices. Yeah. Whereas your, your base one is one device. The thing is, the base one wasn't the one that's now. The base one was the Trio plan mm. and it was a bit more expensive. So I was like, okay, we can go with the Trio plan, which supports three devices, and then it can start at that price. Or I can add something that's like really, really cheap for people who want to use it only on one device. And then we make it easy through the license manager to easily deactivate and activate a device. But still, if you're planning to actively switch devices, that's why we have the Trio plan. So it would have made it like easier for people that if you didn't know that a cheaper plan exists, you would be like, well, the base price is 13 or 15, whatever it is. Yep. That's it. But now that you know that it exists, you're like, this should have been the default. That's exactly mm -hmm. what I was going to say. If you only had three yeah. choices for this thing, yeah. I probably wouldn't be complaining. I'd be like, 13 bucks a month. That's reasonable. Okay. Yeah. But, but I'm just like, I'm so used to whenever I sign up for one of these subscription things is I always start with the, the base thing, right? Yeah. And usually that offers me the ability to put it on more than one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's totally right. Like if, if I just went into the browser and I deleted that little solo pricing column there, yeah. I think I'm good. <laughs> like, I think I'm good. Yeah. I, think, I think I'm happy, yeah. you know? Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> But that's it. We that's love your app and please make it more expensive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a psychology thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It, yep. just, it just feels like, yep. like this is clearly targeted towards professionals. Yeah. And I'm just like, look, I'm a professional. Like, you know, I'm going to use it on more than one device. Like, you know, why are you nickel and diming me? You know what I mean? There are I a lot know. of like the most people are on the solo plans. So still. Wow. The, yeah. The biggest usage is of people who are on one device. And th as I said, there's an easy way to switch. Mm. Like you can bookmark the link and with one click, you can switch. It's not like if you're constantly switching throughout, like between devices, just yeah. pay for the trio. That's it. But right. the most usage is from solo, solo users. I'm going to so switch to the trio, but I'm going to fund it with my affiliate link. Okay. I got a, I got a plan. So Patrick, you've been using Sizzy for a while. I, I mean, have you found it to be, to be worth it to you? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's not my plan. Wrap up. Next question. I'm not at the point where it's my primary development browser yet. Yep. I still, I think just there's a lot of muscle memory in Chrome and be interesting to try that. I, I, you know, right now, again, like things are zoomed down often, but maybe if I thought about doing, you know, d desktop, but yeah, I'm using it typically i think the old school way which is thinking about is that here's where i test my responsive look and feel hmm. it'd be interested it's really interesting because that's what i like that's the opposite of what i want people to use it for sure you should yeah that's why we added the full mode which you activate yeah. pressing the i don't know the equals key or you mm. can, can switch the full mode on the mm -hmm. left sidebar so that's the mode that i'm in most of the time because that's like literally taking the entire screen just like chrome but mm -hmm. You also have all the plugins and everything. And then if you want to check your responsive, you just switch D and then you go to responsive. Everything is fine. You move back to the full mode. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how to tell more users that this is how they should use it, not use Chrome for full mode and then sure. switch to Sizzy just for responsive. All right, well, so tell, yeah, tell me, rematch, tell me, tell me, sell it yeah. to me. Why should I be using Sizzy for full mode? Like what, what benefits <laughs> does it give me over using Chrome? First off, we built a console that's for me personally, it's better because when you open it, it doesn't do that awkward, opens the page and then squeezes the entire layout and so on, but you can make it open like as an overlay hmm. over your app. Mm -hmm. So with a keyboard shortcut, you can easily overlay the console with the messages over your app and then put it back. Mm -hmm. So 
I added a lot of features to the console. I was like, okay, you're building a new console from scratch. What do you hate about the browser console mm. that you can fix here? I hate that I get like out of 100 messages, 90 messages are, are, are spam or irrelevant in my apps. <laughs> right. So I added like a filter where you can filter messages that you don't want to see. So now when something pops up in my console, a, a message, it's actually something that I should be reading. Mm. It's not a warning. It's not something that's irrelevant, something that I don't like and so on. So I don't want to dwell too much on the features that we have, but there are a lot of nice things that we're thinking of that will make your life easier compared to like the, the regular browser. If the responsive mode didn't exist at all, you still think CZ would be a better choice for debugging something than Chrome? Absolutely, absolutely, awesome. yeah. Yeah. It saves you a lot of time if you can just hide the errors instead of have to fix them. <laughs> so tired of the errors, you know? That's why my apps never have any errors. I just don't look at yeah, the console. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, Leah? Leah? I mean, <laughs> Andrew, we'll I'm going to kill there. you. I'm sorry. Call, call him Andre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andre. Andre. You totally should beat me at my own game. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just really excited about a feature integrating Figma prototypes mm. into the Sizzy yeah. browser because, I mean, it's like code talking to code. I mean, it's it's not production level code, but it's enough that we're simulating the interactions and, and the view and just being able to overlay that whatever the developers created. Right. and. Yeah. When you mentioned that, like, hey, if they did, if I did change a button or something like that, you that because it's a Figma prototype, it's already linked because it's on the web, it's in the cloud. Mm. Yeah. Just sounds like like that's as a designer my most looked upon feature <laughs> when that launches. <laughs> that's that's a priority. Yeah, that's gonna happen soon. Wow, awesome. that is right gonna after, be incredible. Right after swipe. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you matthew how dare you i'm hosting this week matthew it's my job here <laughs> no this has been fantastic kitse and i appreciate you coming on here but i think that about wraps it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast if you'd like to have every episode delivered to your favorite player you can subscribe to us via rss or find us on itunes or google play and if you like what we're doing please review the show on itunes it's the best way to help others find the show you can also find us on twitter at devmode.fm and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode leave us a comment on the devmode.fm website where we can continue the conversation for the devmode.fm podcast i'm andrew welch i'm patrick harrington and I'm Matt Stein. And thank you, Kitse, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I had a great time. And thank you, Princess Leia, for coming on. Thank you very much. outro so you got sizzy is for multiple you know showing a web page in different responsive sizes and that kind of stuff yeah what if you did something like that but for audio like for those crazy people that listen to podcasts at different speeds you could have the the one <laughs> x the one x the 1.5 x the two x and the 2.5 x all side by side playing what do you think uh i think um no <laughs> <laughs> okay, next idea. You're tired of keeping up with Netflix and Amazon and Disney Plus. <laughs>